Last week we started um, a um, lesson. This thing has got to lean to it. I do one. I don't know which. <laughs> uh, we started a lesson uh, that I'm titled "The Faces of Grace." The faces of grace. Uh, I, the Lord has been dealing with me, as I told you last Wednesday night, uh, to to dig a little bit deeper uh, in the area about grace, because sadly, sadly, a lot of our uh, apostolic brethren really know very little about grace because there is so much uh, legalism in, in, in a lot of people's teaching uh, and, uh, and their, their theology or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I really felt strong about it. And grace has got several aspects. I want, I want to understand, I don't believe I, I said this last week, it, uh, it's, I don't have it here, my notes from last week. But everything, everything that we receive from God, we receive through grace. Amen. Everything that comes to us, grace is the vehicle by which we receive everything we have from God. There is nothing that you can receive from God that you go out here and you and you strive and you work to try to achieve. It don't come that way. Amen. Everything uh, comes to us by grace. And uh, grace has several faces and uh, I started the lesson last week, The Faces of Grace, and our first lesson, uh, we talked about understanding the need of grace, uh, and we dealt with that last week. I had to use that as a foundation, um, under uh, understanding the need for grace. We all need grace. We cannot make it without grace. We cannot get by apart from grace. You can never hope to live up to God's standards on your own without grace. Amen. We have to have it. So, our spotlight on Scripture tonight, dealing with the faces of grace, amen, is Matthew 9 and 36. And I'm going to have to walk over here. <laughs> I uh, ran off and let, left my reading specs on my school bus this afternoon. And uh, I came straight from there to here. I hadn't been home. But Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 9 and 36. But when he saw the multitudes, the word he there is Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no 
shepherd. The first face of grace that we're going to talk about tonight, and we're going uh, and that's far as we'll get tonight. We're going to talk about some other faces on, but I'm going to talk about compassion. Compassion is one of the faces of grace, the grace uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Compassion that God shows toward us comes to us through and because of His grace. Amen. Uh, And when Jesus saw the crowds of people, it said he was moved with compassion, moved with compassion uh, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. If you don't have compassion for people, you're never going to win nobody to God. You're not going to be able to accomplish anything in God's kingdom if you don't have compassion. Now, We're talking right here tonight about, first of all, about God's compassion toward us. The compassion that we receive from God through His grace. Now, we got to break the word down first uh, before we really get into uh, this face of grace that we call compassion. The English word uh, compassion This is what you will get if you look it up in the English Dictionary. It says, Compassion is a strong feeling of sympathy and desire to reach out to others in their suffering or difficult circumstances. I got that out of the English Dictionary. A strong feeling of sympathy and desire to reach out to others and their suffering or difficult circumstance. But the original Greek that this word comes from in the Scriptures, long before there was ever such thing as an English uh, language, when the Bible was written, there, there uh, the English language hadn't been developed yet. There was no, no such thing as English. And uh, the original language holds a more intensified meaning when it talked about Jesus was moved with compassion it was more than just him having sympathy or pity on him listen to this the original Greek for compassion it was used to indicate a strong forceful aching from down deep inside your gut. Have you ever ached down deep inside? Have you had anything move you down deep inside? That's what this word compassion means. When when the scripture said that Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion, he literally... I mean, I, you know, I mean, I've, 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 known, I've known that feeling down deep inside, you know, like uh, when you have a, a loss of a loved one or, or, or different things like that or 
bad situation, but this compassion that Jesus said that it was it, it was his his innards. One one scripture and uh, uh, that I, I read one one translation his insides his his uh, uh, down deep inside it was a forceful aching. It wasn't it wasn't just feeling feeling pity. Give you give you an example. You know, you see these infomercials sometimes they have on TV, and some of these places want want trying to raise money to feed children uh, in different parts of the world, and they can show you some pretty uh, pitiful stuff, and you can sit there with a, a tear coming in your eye, but uh, but then after it go go goes off, and the price is right comes on, you soon forget it. Well. You might have felt some pity for him, but you didn't have compassion for him. Because this feeling of compassion is so strong. And let me get back over here because I, I don't want to leave nothing out. I wrote it down as I read it out. Uh, it was more than just feeling sorry and then going about your business. It is a force so powerful it compels you to react in a straightforward, beneficial way toward the one which has captivated your attention. In other words, you've never felt compassion over someone unless there's been something got to hold you that caused you to get up and do something about it. Amen. That is biblical compassion. Not just feeling pity. Amen, like the English language says, but something that gets a hold, and that is what Jesus, this kind of compassion, is what he had for you. This is what he had for me. This is what he had for all humanity. It was when he, mm, hallelujah. It is, let, let, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it is this kind of compassion which is one of the faces of grace that God looks down from the portals of glory to view the degradation and spiritual part poverty of fallen man and we being held captive by our lust and sinful nature and unable to save ourselves from our own destruction. What it, it, God ached, Brother Paul, and he acted on it. And what did he do? How did he act? God became a man because of compassion. Now, apostolically, we know well about God becoming a man. But why did he do it? Not, not, just, not just to save per se, but it was his compassion that he saw the shape that the world was in. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. He looked down from the portals of glory and he literally ate down deep inside. It hurt down deep inside. His compassion caused him to take off his regal robes, step off the throne of glory, step down and pick up a robe of human flesh. Mm. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. 
when you stop and think about what God has done for us and for our benefit. Hallelujah. Amen. He saw man unable to save himself from his own destruction. God became a man not only to redeem, but to experience. Now listen to this. Experience our infirmities so he could show the kind of compassion mankind needed from his God. Here you go. God in his original form did not, no pain, did not, no suffering, did not know infirmities. He had to take on man to experience that. He had to take on the robe of flesh to experience that. And I'm going to give you some scriptures. We're going to read. Uh, first of all, I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to read the first 10 verses of Hebrews chapter 5. Now notice how it reads. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for man in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, he's, he's talking about the priesthood according to the flesh how uh, that was set up under Moses and uh, the, uh, the work uh, that the high priest did. Verse 2, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness. See, God chose a high priest to function under the tabernacle and offer gifts and sacrifices because that priest was under the same penalties that everybody else. He could have compassion on everybody else. That's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying. Let's go on and continue to read it. I'm going to bring out some more things. Verse 3, because of this, he is required as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifice for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also, now, Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. But it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he also says in another place, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. See, before God become a man, he never knew suffering. He, he, he never knew suffering. He had to take on that. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. All right, so Jesus is our 
high priest. Hallelujah. He's our high priest. He's the one that functions. That is the work that he is doing for us today. We're going to stay in Hebrews. I want you, uh, I want to put Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. And this talks about Jesus here. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You see, the grace that God had allowed compassion, and he was able to feel compassion and has compassion over us today because he was tempted in all points that we are. Amen. Now, this gets gets back to what I started off with a while ago, that sadly a lot of people, amen, they get so legalistic that they don't understand what grace is. God is not interested in kicking somebody to hell and, and uh, cause them to burn forever just because they stumbled and fell a couple times. He has compassion over the weak because the Bible says he became weak. Hallelujah. Amen. God's got, com- Jesus has got compassion over the backsliders. He's got compassion over those who struggle have a hard time, but yet some of us, we want to sit in our pews, you know, and judge somebody else because maybe they're having a lot harder time than you and I and keeping up. But God's children are like, not, I mean, we, you know, we, we had three children. Some, some of y'all maybe had more, more, more than three. All three is different. All children don't come up through the same process. They're, they're different. And God's children are different. Amen. I mean, it, God, God is a God of variety. He's the one that created variety. Amen. Now, I mean, I've seen, you know, we've seen people seek for the Holy Ghost for months and months and months upon end. But plenty of times in our congregation, we've seen people come down and kneel down at repentance and be filled with the Holy Ghost while they're repenting. Just like that. Just like that. Uh, and and I, I still tell the story because, I mean, it, was, it tickled me so much, you know. I mean, Travis, he got the Holy Ghost before I baptized him while he was standing in the water, you know. And it's it was it's it's that way, the way people come up about their salvation, and then after they receive salvation, Amen. Some have a harder time, but that don't make God love them any less. Amen. It doesn't make God love them any any less. Amen. So, uh, I want to read this same set of scripture. 
but I want to put the amplified version up here. Now look at look at this. This is the amplified amplified version of the scripture. The same scripture. It says, "For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, sympathize, compassion, all that's linked together." We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations. Hallelujah. Folks, God does not leave us alone. He don't leave us to run this race alone. Hallelujah. We got all the help we need if we'll just use it. It's available. It's available if we would take advantage of it. Amen. So we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses. You know, it's a shame that some people come in and they receive something from the Lord, then they mess up, and then they let shame and guilt Keep him from coming. They think they got to quit just because they mess up. Amen. We've we've known, my Lord, how many how many like that we know, and I I feel like we church have got an obligation, you know, to help those people, to reach out to them, because compassion is one of the faces of grace. When we talk about the grace of God. We've got to have compassion for souls. The church, and we say this all the time here, the church should be a hospital. Somebody is in need, somebody is suffering, about ready to die, and you go to the hospital. You know, you don't need a doctor or you don't need a nurse that's going to say, oh, no, I'm not going to mess with them because... uh, they ain't the same color as I am. Or they don't talk the same language I do. Or whatever. Amen. They don't they don't think about that. They do what needs to be done. And the church body should be the same way. Hallelujah. What are you saying? I'm saying let's quit trying to analyze everybody. Amen. Quit trying to analyze everybody. Amen. That's, that's right, sister. Let me let me finish reading this. He said, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human. Listen, I, I, <laughs> some people forget. Some people forget because he's God, he was God, that uh, uh, that he was uh, human. But let me tell you something. He, and let me say that he was not part human. He was all human. He was all God and all human. Hallelujah. Amen. He was the God-man. Two natures. Two full, complete natures. And that's why I use this this. Translation here, knowing exactly how it feels 
to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Hallelujah. He says, look here, it can be done. It can be done. Hallelujah. God does not ask us to do anything in his word that's impossible for us to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Therefore, let us without privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may be able to receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. How many times have you ever got something from God just at the right moment? Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Compassion. One of the faces of grace. I'm glad that God looks down on the human race with compassion. He feels something, and the reason why he's able to feel that, what I was talking about, is that he experienced, he became a man. He walked the earth, amen, as a human being. Amen. He's able to have, so he understands he understands having gone through that. Now, having said all of that about the compassion that God has towards us, we in turn have got to show that same compassion to everybody else. We should be, uh, we should be an instrument of compassion. We should be an instrument of compassion. Uh, to feel for people their needs, what they go through. Uh, we shouldn't be all. Oh, I I don't have I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. What if you was to go to God and He says I wouldn't. I don't have time for that. <laughs> all right, Amen. Lord, I'm glad he's always there for me. What about you? 